When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast today, uh, a little crunched for time, but uh, we got our big preview pod coming on Friday. So uh, if you need more after this podcast, we're going to give you plenty. But if you do still need more after this podcast, go go get caught up on uh, uh, some of our other ones. Just subscribe and look through the Orange and Brown Talk feeds on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But Mary Kay, we get to start with a pretty big topic, and that is Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, who did not throw today. He's resting his shoulder. He was limited in practice. Uh, We obviously don't watch all of practice, but we were out there for the open portion, which is about 20 minutes, half an hour. Did not see him throw the football a single time. Went through mental reps. Uh, You have a story up at cleveland.com all about it. Um, I guess, look, he's expected to play. But what is your level of concern when you kind of see, oh, Deshaun's not throwing on a Wednesday? You know what? It's a concern. Anytime your starting quarterback does not throw and has a shoulder injury, it's a concern. Now, maybe it's not that big of a deal, and maybe it's just a little bit sore. But if he's out there not throwing the football on Wednesday in a big week to get ready for a huge game against the Baltimore Ravens for at least a share of first place in the AFC North, it really raises a red flag. And when we went back and looked at the film again today, uh, you could see that he took a horrible, horrible shot to the shoulder. Uh, It was a 10-yard scramble right before Jerome Ford's three-yard touchdown. He took a horrible shot to the shoulder by Amani Hooker, the safety for the Titans. And when he got up, It didn't look like he was really favoring the shoulder. He didn't grab the shoulder or anything like that. But uh, the fact that he took that shot and that he's not out at practice today uh, throwing the football, it's a concern. Now, the good news for the Browns is if he can get through this game okay, he's got a bye week to heal up after that. So he's just got to get through this game. But does this mean that they have to alter the game plan a little bit and try to run the ball? a lot more than they would have normally, we really don't know the extent of it. The problem with that is we didn't talk to uh, Deshaun after practice. We got him before practice. So we didn't know he was going to uh, sit out today and rest that shoulder. So, you know, we don't know. Did, did something happen on that particular shot that he took? Uh, or is this just, you know, something that's been building? Uh, you know, there's a lot. there's a lot we still need to know. Yeah, look, maybe we show up on Thursday and he's throwing and everything's normal. I don't know. 
But it's also worth noting, you know, he was wearing like a hoodie kind of under his jersey or, or like a long sleeve shirt under his jersey. They all were. It was a little chillier today at practice, so we couldn't see. It didn't look like there was anything on the shoulder, but we obviously couldn't see it. Um, you know, flashbacks to 2021 with Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't, obviously we're not talking about something that serious, but you're right. I mean, you have to at least, he hasn't taken days off. I don't think we've ever, we were trying to kind of rack our brains on this. I don't think I've ever seen him take a day off or even take like reps off. Um, and we're good. This is going back to last year up until Jacoby was kind of named the starter after that suspension came down. Deshaun took every rep he could, and that was the case in, you know, when we're watching all the practice and training camp, it's been the case when we're watching practice and the limited opportunities we have now during the season. This is a guy that doesn't even take a rep off, and now he's not throwing on a Wednesday. Yeah, you know what? And he's extremely, extremely tough. We've seen him take some big shots and get right back up. He never seems to be rattled. He never really seems to... Uh, you know, just even be impacted by some of these big, hard shots that he takes. And he's just somebody that always wants to be there for his team. The same way Amari is, is that way. Uh, there, there are some really, really super tough guys on this team. The offensive linemen, they kind of set the tone. You know, we see Amari playing hurt all the time. And Deshaun's the same way. He talked about that uh, today, that you need to be there for your guys. You need to be available. You know, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to play. And I'll tell you what. There's no way in heck he's going to miss this game against the Ravens. I mean, even if he has to throw the ball left-handed, he's playing against the <laughs> Ravens. He's just not one to miss a game like this. Uh, you know, he might really have to kind of take it easy a little bit between now and Sunday. We don't know the extent of that. Uh, but I just would absolutely highly doubt that he sits out this football game. And this is a guy, we've talked about it. He's only missed games because of that ACL in his rookie year and then the suspensions. That's it. And, and there was one game he missed where they had clinched the playoffs. I think that was actually the Derrick Henry game when they played the Titans and he stole the, the rushing title from Nick Chubb. Houston had clinched the playoffs, so he sat that game out. Other than that, this is not a guy who misses games for injury. So, And that's what a starting quarterback's job is. We see it all the time. You've got to be tough. You've got to get back up and wave off the trainers and go take that next snap. And it, the expectations for that position are high, and Deshaun seems to embrace those. He, he really does. That is exactly what you need from your quarterback. And you know that this football team values guys like that. We hear it so often that, you know, you need to be tough. You need to play, um, you know, through a lot of pain. I mean, that's what these guys have to do. It's a long season and, uh, you know, they've got to be out there for their guys. And you're right. I mean, he has played through pretty much everything. And I know he will continue to do so. They'll have to drag him off the field if he wasn't going to play this game on Sunday. So you, you touched on this a little bit, um, and again, who knows, maybe this is all a moot point tomorrow, but how does it change the game plan, do you think? You, you said maybe they need to run the ball more, which becomes a little more complicated now because you don't have Nick Chubb. Um, maybe a shorter passing attack, maybe you don't run him as often because you don't want him to take a shot uh, on that shoulder, and we know the quarterback run game is really important to, to this offense. So how, I guess, how do you think it changes how the Browns might approach this game or how they might have to approach this game? Well, it depends. It depends on how the shoulder actually feels. If the shoulder is totally fine by Sunday or even, you know, by Friday when the, they're in, putting the final touches on the game plan, then the game plan is exactly the same as it was going to be. If it seems like he might be somewhat limited during the game or he doesn't have the long ball, that changes things considerably. They don't have a great pass defense. They don't have great cornerbacks right now. They're without Marlon Humphrey. 
you know, they just don't have an excellent pass defense. And this is a game in which you're going to take some shots downfield. But can he take those shots downfield? That's what we don't know. And that's what we will probably not know until game day. If we get out there on game day and they're not trying to stretch the defense like that, then we'll know that there's a reason why. Because this is a secondary on which you will try to hit the go ball. And you're going to try to see if you can get Amari down there and maybe even, you know, Marquise down there to a certain extent if they feel like those guys, you know, kind of have their mojo and their chemistry down a little bit better now. Um, If that doesn't happen, that's because there's something going on in the shoulder and he's going to need the bye week to heal from it. Yeah, I felt like this had a chance to look kind of like the Titans game in some ways. Not not with what the Titans offense, not like 27 to 3, but I felt like this had a chance to look like the Titans game with how the Browns attacked. And we saw it a little bit last season, even with Jacoby, like they were not afraid to attack that secondary, um, you know, in the first game when they played them. And then, you know, even in the second game with Deshaun, now that was kind of a weather game. So that, that changed things, but you know, the, the Ravens strength is up front. It's with their linebackers and they're banged up all over the place. So I think there are some opportunities to get the ball down the field. The weather's supposed to be nice. And so I thought it might look a little bit like that Titans game. Um, obviously, on the other side, you'd have a higher-powered offense than Tennessee brings. But it, it would certainly play into the Ravens' hands a little bit if the Browns had to, again, run the ball more and kind of focus on some of those quicker, shorter throws. Yeah, it, I mean, it would definitely change things. It would absolutely change things because, as you saw uh, you know, in the Titans game, they really took advantage of that situation with an inferior secondary and some inferior cornerbacks there. And... Um, not only did Amari have 116 yards and a 43-yard touchdown, uh, but he also drew three defensive pass interference calls. And sometimes, especially when you're at home, you get those calls. You get the home field advantage calls. And, um, and so, you know, that's another major aspect of this is that if you are not actually connecting with your receiver on that, you, in, in many cases, are going to be drawing the P.I., and that's vitally important. It's as good as a catch. I mean, who won't take a 35-yard yeah. <laughs> PI, right? It's a lot easier than to actually have to catch the ball. Um, but anyway, so, you know, that's another area where uh, it would be an enormous impact if, um, you know, if he, can't, if he can't hit the long ball. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Ravens side of things because they're dealing with, like you said, a ton of injuries. And one of the two of the areas we're watching is center and tackle, uh, Tyler Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley. Um, this Ravens offensive line, when it's healthy, it's one of the one of the better ones in the league. We took it pretty high when we did the AFC North position draft back in I don't know whenever that was, the dark days of the off season. Um, so this is a good unit when it's healthy. And the Ravens definitely want to have a healthy offensive line going against this Browns defense. Uh, But even if they're banged up, I've got to think that Jim Schwartz and that defensive line are going to be licking their chops to to get after Lamar a little bit because we know how tough he is. But if you can hem him in and keep him in the pocket and not let him run around and get free, you can shut him down a little bit. So I'm sure that this defensive line is loving the idea of either facing backups or facing some banged up starters. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this is Quite an incredible matchup. When you think about, you've got former Browns offensive coordinator Todd Munkin running a new offense over there as the first-year coordinator of the Ravens. They are having their growing pains, and you know, you know, in just in watching some of that game against the Colts and in reading the stories about that game, 
you know, you're hearing some of the same things coming out of their locker room and their press conferences about, you know, just an offense that's not in sync and it's just not humming along yet. And, um, and now Todd Munkin has to come into Cleveland and play the number one defense in the NFL and, and try to move the ball on, on this team at home in a hostile, hostile environment. And these are not the Cleveland Browns of old. This, it, this defense has the potential to be the best defense I've covered here uh, with the Cleveland Browns, I think. It's really, really good, really stout. And, um, and I mean, just on third down, I mean, they haven't gotten the takeaways yet. That's the thing that they have not started to do yet, but I think those will come too. Um, but just getting, um, getting off the field on third down has been tremendous. They have only uh, allowed conversions of eight of like 41 third downs, I think it is. It's something absolutely ridiculous. Nobody can even get into the red zone to knock on that door, basically. I mean, you have to have a, a takeaway, yeah. you know, in order to get there. Uh, so this defense is just playing lights out. And even with Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum coming back, I still say advantage Cleveland Browns. I think Miles is going to play with his hair on fire. I think Zadarius, who used to play for the Baltimore Ravens, is going to use that as some kind of a motivation for him. You know, they, you know, they were going to sign him, and then they didn't. I mean, like he's got some history with the Ravens. Um, and then, you know, th- there's just a lot there in terms of storylines and in terms of motivation. I think, uh, you know, that they're going to want to shut down Lamar and prove, okay, you know, we don't just get after the, uh, the Ryan Tannehills of the world. We, we can make hay against Lamar Jackson, who is 6-3 and three against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Ravens' numbers are a little misleading. Um, you know, they scored 25 against the Texans. I watched that game. It was not a very impressive 25. Uh, 27 against the Bengals, and then 19 in an overtime game against the Colts, and that was, of course, a loss. So I even think those those point totals are a little misleading. I think this offense is still trying to find its footing, and I think a lot of that is, you know, I've heard some people talk about Todd Monk, and obviously he's so associated with the air raid, but... A lot of people talk about him as he sort of pulls things from a bunch of different places. And that takes time to install that, especially when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who is a unique quarterback. He's not just like any other quarterback you've coached. He, you know, what he can do in the run game, how he can improvise. Like there aren't many guys out there like Lamar Jackson. So that's got to be an adjustment for him too. Yeah, I mean, he's dealing with some of the same things that they're dealing with here with a dual threat quarterback and with some injuries on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, they've had some injuries at receiver, too. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. did not play last week because of an ankle injury. He did not practice again today, so we don't know if he's going to play in this game or not. Um, Now, Zay Flowers, their rookie receiver, is playing really, really well. Um, But And Mark Andrews, we all know how good Mark Andrews is, and that will be a test for this defense. But... They are a work in progress, just like the Cleveland Browns are a work in progress. And it takes a while to get to know your personnel. So here is Todd Munkin trying to pull it all together. And now he gets to go up against the number one defense in the NFL that is playing lights out and getting after it, pressuring, hitting. I mean, it's we've seen it down in and down out. This is not a defense that you want to go against when you don't have your act together yet. 
Okay, a couple quick hit topics here, just from guys that we heard from today. Uh, we heard from Amari Cooper. Uh, he talked about the communication with Deshaun, how that continues to grow. We talked about how that was Deshaun's best game, and a big part of that was that was Amari's best game with Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, I think kind of it's sort of like a rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing. I feel like Amari is... I, I just think he's really important to Deshaun Watson right now, just to have that that guy who he can count on to be where he's supposed to be, great route runner, you know, creates the deep ball. They just aren't getting, I mean, Elijah Moore, they've sort of been force-feeding a lot, but they haven't gotten a ton there yet. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been pretty quiet. David Njoku, who who we'll get to in a second, has been pretty quiet. Amari has sort of been that, that guy for Deshaun over and over and over again. And we saw it when he was with the Texans. Having that guy, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, Will Fultz, whoever it was, Having that guy is really important to Deshaun Watson that he can rely on. You know what? It, it really is. And the more I watch Amari, the more I pre- appreciate how good he is as a receiver in every single thing that he does. I mean, we talk about him as the route runner, and that is, of course, his Twitter bio profile. And his brand. And his brand. He is the route runner. But as he always reminds us, he can. he goes out there and he makes that tough contested catch. You saw it in this past game. I mean, he can just go snatch the ball away from a defender who thinks he just won. And guess what? The ball ends up in Amari's hands. And uh, he's phenomenal at that. He's another tough guy. Uh, he, you know, He's an, another receiver who will just uh, do whatever it takes to make that catch. He high points the ball. He's got great hands. You know, He does it all really, really well. And I'm seeing some of the same chemistry going on between him and Deshaun now that he had with Jacoby last year because that's what it took it took all that communication do you remember Jacoby last year he would say Amari texts me like you know 12 (laughs) times a day like he's just is he gets sort of obsessed about the game and about the guy he's going to be going against and the routes he's going to be running and what he needs and what and so that happens during the week and then on game day you know, then he goes through the, you know, the whole thing about, you know, here is what I'm actually seeing out here. Here's what they're trying to do. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what, and he's so smart that it is so helpful to Deshaun to have somebody like out like that out there. As I, as you just mentioned though, Dan, you need some other guys. You need some other guys. Now in this particular game, Marlon Humphrey, who would be really trying to shut down Amari Cooper is probably not going to play this game. And, you know, we've seen him against Amari before. They they play really tough and yeah. physical, those guys. And, you know, there's a good chance he's not going to play in this game. And that will be a tremendous help to Deshaun and to, Mar- to Amari not to have to deal with Marlon Humphrey. But um, still, you know, I, I really think that they need to find some other guys uh, that can really be there in case teams start to double Amari a lot and take you know start to shut him down that's what teams are going to start to try to do now it's not easy he's still going to get his catches uh, but in the event that they do that other guys have got to step up and the number one guy that has to be I think right now is Elijah Moore like he's got to step up yeah and it it felt like they were really trying to get that going he had a ton of targets a ton of catches but there wasn't a big impact necessarily, but they were really kind of trying to force feed him the ball on Sunday. And, you know, Kevin mentioned sometimes you're just trying to show things for down the road. You're trying to set things up. But at some point, one of these plays with Elijah has to hit. You know, that screen was kind of set up early in the first quarter and he got, I think it was like 14 yards. But 
probably should have been a touchdown or close to it, um, but it didn't work out. They've got to kind of get the Elijah Moore thing rolling. And honestly, I think they need to sort of give that treatment a little bit to David Njoku too. Like, got to start kind of force-feeding him the ball a little bit and kind of seeing if he can get something going in the passing game as well. Yeah, and I think this is a testament to the fact that this offense is a work in progress. What we're seeing right now isn't what we're going to be seeing in the middle of November. They are trying to figure out who are the playmakers, when do they make those plays, where do they shine, where do they want the ball on a sideline route on their body. You know, what are the nuances of how a receiver and a quarterback work together? Uh, You know, that kind of stuff, that timing, that chemistry comes in-game. That's why Deshaun and Amari now have it, because they've worked together. I think to a certain extent, uh, Deshaun and DPJ... DPJ have sort of a natural chemistry from having worked together before. Elijah and Deshaun are just learning each other in game, right? Um, Elijah and Sed have to learn each other. Um, Elijah, I mean, Deshaun. Deshaun and Sed, yeah. Deshaun and Sed, obviously. Um, Deshaun and David, though, they should have better chemistry. Yes. <laughs> they should have it. And it, it's time to start seeing that. And again, we've talked about this, that um, David Njoku has been needed more in the blocking realm right now uh, without Jack Conklin as much. But it's starting to be time for David to be that dangerous weapon the same way that Mark Andrews is for the Ravens and to be feared by defenses. Yeah, I mean, it's great that he's become a good blocker and he's helps in the run game and he plays a bunch of snaps. And But you don't pay a guy $14 million a year to block. That's, that's part of it. But you don't pay a guy that much money to block. He's got to make an impact in the in the receiving game. He really does. I mean, any more uh, tight ends, you know, you don't have them around just for their blocking. They're they're big, big receivers who create mismatches with linebackers and safeties and sometimes cornerbacks. I mean, that's what they are for the most part. They're big, big receivers. And teams love using them. They can attack the middle of the field with them. Um, and, and that's what David has to become. He has to live up to his first-round status and his absolutely huge paycheck. Okay, that's going to do it. I said we'd have kind of a, a quicker one here today on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com on YouTube. And also become a football insider subscriber, Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page for Mary Kate Cabot. I'm Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening, everybody.